0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Startup Hustle Middle East. Today we have Amreen Musa over here. She is the CEO and founder of Sukalmal. You heard us talk about Sukalmal on the show before. They are a personal...
1: Personal finance and insurance aggregator. Personal
0: finance and insurance aggregator. And uh, so they deal in all kinds of things. Insurance, credit cards, home loans, you name it. And uh, Amreen's raised... A bunch of money in this region she is uh, a very strong female founder as well in the Middle East so uh, we're very happy to have her over here yeah. to share her story of Mal and uh, tell us a little bit about her journey
1: yeah welcome to the show thank you happy to be here great so um, let's start with a little bit of background on where you're from how did it start you started back in 2012 so how different is the product now compared to when you started, so let's just start at the beginning.
2: Yeah, so so the company was born in 2012. The idea came in 2008. The first time I came to the UAE, um, okay. and I think I've told this story a million times. So apologies, um, but we came when I came in 2008. There was there was um, a shocking truth that came to me where we had 50 banks, 450 credit cards, 250 loans, but there was actually no aggregator at all. And for you to pick up the bank that you wanted. Um, or the credit card that you wanted or even the bank account you wanted to go with, it was kind of impossible to compare. Mm-hmm. And I come from a region um in the UK, in Australia where comparison was part of the culture. Mm-hmm. I launched the first GE Money Online Bank in the UK. Um and because General Electric at the time was very much an offline business so we and there was but there was no intention of getting any branches for the g money brand Mm -hmm. which was their first ever b2c business okay retail banking business that they wanted to bring up Mm -hmm. into the market um and because of that um we had to go online there was no other way and i used the number one aggregator in the uk which is today money supermarket okay as our channel of acquisition Okay, mm-hmm. so that's where the whole culture and kind of understood the, the business quite well. I have a tech background and the job at GE to launch the GE money a bank, if you want to call it, or mm-hmm. credit lending facility, kind of got what got me into financial services
1: okay
0: awesome yeah, cool but your background's in tech
2: my background is tech i can I tell know. from
0: your product though because yeah. uh, i see <laughs> a lot of things in there that uh, yeah we implemented on hr Car as well something mm-hmm. with, like your magic links and other things which i see uh yeah. very well but implemented the,
1: but the product keeps getting refined yeah, yeah i'm sure absolutely. and over again so yeah. yeah i don't think you ever finish work on a tech product ever so yeah
0: it keeps it just yeah. keeps improving
1: Okay, so in 2008 you came and you realized there was this problem, and then how did you go about So it, it
2: took me four years, because I remember the first week on the job I'd been in company, I actually contacted Money Supermarket and say, want to just give me everything, I'll run it from here,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I'll set up the business here, but of course we never heard from them. Okay. Um, four years later... They didn't later, care about
1: this market, or...
2: Well, I, I think it was kind of this random person from the Middle East, and mm-hmm. I'm talking yeah. about 12 years ago, the Middle East was not even on the map.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um... And I think uh, what happened then, I, I you know, life happened, i.e. I worked as a consultant, so that was you know, 69 days, mm. a lot of traveling. I was on those Emirates flights that everybody talk about with yeah. all the consultants looking exactly the same, with the same suits, with the same, <laughs> you know, um, doing suitcase, the grind, yeah. and doing the runs from Sunday to, to Wednesday. Um, so I did that for two years. So life happened, so I didn't have time to think about entrepreneurship. Um, but in any case, that was my second business. My first mm-hmm. one, I started back in Australia when I lived there. Seventh? The second. Second, second. okay. I yeah. wish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit too young to get seven businesses under my belt. Mm-hmm. But um, no, second one. The first one was a property portal back in Australia. Okay. How did that Do When it? I was there. So I sold it after two years. Um, oh, you exited. And then, yeah, a small one. Okay. But um, it gave us a lot of experience around mm, how yeah. to build a business you know, and at that time I had a co-founder, which was interesting because this one I don't. Okay. Um. So yeah, so listen, 2008, 2012, and then, so 2008, 2010, I did Bain & Company for two years, and then I went to MasterCard, and it's only at MasterCard that, then I went into further, deeper into financial services. It was mm. just, I went to payments from okay. strategy consulting in financial services, because at Bain, I did financial services consulting for the okay. different banks in Saudi, Turkey, Egypt, and in MasterCard, I went another level of.
0: So, payments, industry. you mean like being a payment provider or payment accepted? So, MasterCard, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um,
2: so, I learned a whole new world out there as well. And okay. then, I uh, went on maternity leave with my first baby, mm-hmm. okay. um, which is six weeks in, which is when I started Sukal Mal. So, I looked again and I thought, well. you, s- it's you a great started Sukal
1: during your maternity leave? Yeah. Oh, my God. I have two (laughs) weeks left of maternity leave. I need to start something now. But I
2: think it was a fantastic time because I was being paid full time. I was maternity leave and I was home. So I had time on my hands. So, um, And I looked back and I thought, well, the idea was four years ago. Let me see if someone has started. And nobody had. Mm -hmm. But then again, I took a step back thinking, well... There Must be a reason that they there's haven't this. Ready for something this. that I haven't seen that everybody else has, mm-hmm. so which is why I did it during maternity leave. But then by the time I had to go back to work, I would raised an angel round. Oh, wow! Oh, cool! So then I thought, well, okay, there's an angel round. We started appearing in the newspapers, and I thought, well, let's give it a
0: shot. When you, when you say you started it, what do you mean? Like,
2: oh, that was MVP? um. Yeah, almost. Okay. I, I had a team in India. Uh, okay. and, and, uh, honestly, uh, an outsource company paid them $1,800 and they set up the site for me. But and I knew, the, because of my tech background, I kind of knew what I wanted sure. uh, in terms of design, in terms of structure, in terms of the layout, and what we needed to set up there. So, so, you, so
0: you set up the architecture of the site and then you got it executed outside. I got it executed
2: outside. It's um, yeah. had the MVP. And it's funny because um, I think for our seventh year, I actually printed how the site looked like back okay. then seven years ago <laughs> okay that's awesome and you yeah. kind of step back going how did I even think that was good <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah I mean I see I see version one of Ajarkar it's changed so much and yeah. we're just three years old because you but refine
2: it as you go along. yeah
0: exactly you, and you study user experience and do you guys I'm guessing you guys do that for sure yeah uh, I see I'm the improvements sure. uh, you're looking at the user experience and improving it over mm-hmm. time yeah mm-hmm. so uh, when uh, when did you see start seeing traction for Isukuma?
2: um so traction has been on from day one. I think that's what allowed me to raise an angel round. We were okay. already making money by the time uh, we were raising an angel round. So I was lucky wow. as well. Another part I was lucky was because I was in the financial services, our customers were banks and mm-hmm. I already kind of knew them a bit.
0: Mm, uh, because you because worked work
2: Bain with them as a consultant and, yeah.
0: so you had the network i had the network because i think that's the most challenging thing about marketplaces or um you know like aggregators getting it's that chicken
2: and egg isn't it yeah. Yeah, yeah so
0: getting them to be on your platform which then in turn drives customers to your site so yeah
1: because if you have to recruit both customers and clients it's a tough one yeah. right. and on top of that
2: um you are in the most regulated industry Space, has yeah. ever been. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So, what we did is we scraped all the different websites, we put the data on, we actually gathered customers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then we went to the banks and said, listen, this is how much traffic we have. Would you be willing to work with us? And Commercial Bank oh, of Dubai was my first ever, oh. ever customer with a $500 check.
0: <laughs> that's mm-hmm. awesome.
2: It's like, I was small, but it yeah, kind it's of proved.
0: Somebody's paying you. And yeah.
2: I, well, I think that's, that's the important part, right? So, we managed to raised an angel round and one of the reasons was because we were making a very small amount of money but at least you proved that somebody wants your product yeah mm-hmm. um and it didn't cost much mm-hmm. to launch it mm-hmm. um, okay. and so then i so i funded the business for six months and then i had an angel round and then from there we had a um another so, so a in i just want to clarify
0: something so you hacked your way into the traffic by scraping other people's websites
2: well you're allowed to do that it's legally on it, it's as legal. long as it's public information mm-hmm.
0: sure so i know
2: but that's smart. chicken and egg i had to start somewhere yeah. exactly
0: yeah but i just wanted to clarify how how intelligent that was yeah. because a lot of people think like well, how am i going to start it this is one of the ways that you can so most do of it. that
2: information is on the site mm. and some of those who, who weren't yeah i got interns to call the banks and sit Pretend they were customers and yes. they needed the rates. So that's good. Yeah. That's good. You get it done. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool.
1: So then you raised your angel round. With so we
2: raised our angel round in 2012. And then we did a series A in 2013. And then we did a 10 million raise in 2017.
1: Wow. Oh, wow. Which was that's the
2: last series B round.
1: Okay. okay. But the series A is very soon after the launch, which is... Yeah, late.
2: but because that's... No, because we were approached by one of the international investors who found... Okay. Us, found out about us, and they approached us saying, "Listen, okay. we'd love. We're looking for price comparisons so in the Middle East. Would mm. you be willing to um to take the money?" We're like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> now oh, it's the man. other way around. Now we've become professional beggars, right? Because you in- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but um no, it's it's it was um. We started well, I think we were quite lucky. And then in 2016, we pivoted the business mm-hmm. okay. from a lead generation model into a commission-based model okay. Um, okay. based on scalability, what could grow really well. And the insurance market was then ready. Insurance mm-hmm. companies were ready to be out there, being digital. digital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we pivoted the business from a lead model into a commission-based model, which meant on a lead model, very often you'll have a cap mm-hmm. because a lead model comes from marketing budgets of, Banks or mm-hmm. any other company, right? Commission-based model is great because it's a cost-back position for them. So yeah. you can save yeah. as much as you want,
0: and uh, and I think uh, clients are also much more likely to go for a commission-based model because since it's they only pay when mode. they when you perform, right? So, yeah.
2: so when we um when we pivoted. Um, into the entrance business that business has grown 5x in the last 18 months so okay. that was definitely amazing. a scalable business and now we got our license in Bahrain with the first aggregator congratulations, yeah. congratulations. to get our awesome. license in Bahrain so we're launching on the 15th of August
0: yeah. okay amazing so um, in case you guys don't know about the Sukulmal experience I recently had an experience with Mal because I bought my car insurance From you guys. I'm
2: hoping it's going to be a positive. It's extremely (laughs) positive. (laughs) And that's one of the reasons. Otherwise, you wouldn't be talking about
0: it. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't be talking about it in front of you. (laughs) But um, basically, it was very smooth. Like, first of all, I put in my requirements. They'd give me five or six quotes. I got a call from your call center pretty much within, I think, two or three hours. They reaffirmed all my details. Then when I forgot to do my insurance, they reminded me after two days. Then I got an email with a magic link, which I just clicked and all the insurance details were there with the cheapest bid. And then I could just click and pay and I was done. So, um, you know, it's a very smooth and seamless experience, which uh, which I quite admired. Uh, being like a techie myself I was like oh I can see how it's all connected and like, you're thinking, <laughs> like, what
2: do I do on my startup <laughs> yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly yeah so exactly. a lot of
0: well, the things
1: imitation, you know flattery yeah so uh, you so know you honestly
0: to... when I saw that we implemented uh, something like offline bookings on our site where if a customer would call us they'd get a magic link where they could just click all their information was pre-filled out and they could just go ahead to pay I mean it it uh, it improved our a conversion rate extremely well, so you yeah. know, like actually, there's
1: <laughs> more to that story. So he actually got his car insurance from Sukal Mal a year ago. So because it's something that you need to renew every year, the reminder came reminded. from Sukal, Sukal Mal. Yes. So I think we've had Shane Shin on the on the podcast as well, and he talked about four of the startups that uh, you know they've invested in, and they, he spoke about Sukalmal and. He said the main reason behind uh, Sharuk Investments being involved in Mal is because uh, the lifetime value of a customer is so long, and that's something that you and the team put a lot of emphasis on as well uh, to keep your cust- to keep bringing your customers back, basically to you. So from that point of view, that was the reason to invest, and I think like that was a big getting, part of the experience. as yeah, well. Yeah,
0: and you guys are doing doing a good job of it. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
1: Thank you. And we'll, <laughs> we'll continue those. So hopefully next year you'll have a better experience even. Awesome. Cool. Great. Um, so what's next for you now that you've launched in Bahrain? Are you thinking of other markets as well?
0: Yeah. How was that experience, by the way? Um, so yeah, you guys a good were question. You guys were focused on uh, the Dubai market and uh, then you expanded into Saudi and now Bahrain. How do you find the different markets? Uh, has it been challenging legally? So um.
2: it, so it's interesting, right? Because um, when you're raising funding, investors would ask you, well, what's your market size? And seven years ago, you would have painted this amazing picture
0: mm-hmm. and
2: they invested. Today, what's your market size? And you paint this amazing picture. And the next question is, well, how long does it take you to enter each and every market? Yeah. So the difference between our region and a lot of the other regions are because the countries are small and the markets are small on their own, but together they make a beautiful Number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having said that, every single country is another startup on its own. Okay. okay. Right. So we're launching um, Bahrain now. We're actually looking into two different countries, two more countries mm-hmm. coming through for next year, and we start over again. We get the lawyers in. How do you start a business? Wh- um How do you start the company there? What kind of regulations do we need to set up? Mm-hmm. How many people do I need to set up there? It literally starts all over again because you have to have office and. Because, again, with the financial services industry, which is the most regulated by far, Mm. every country has headcount that is compulsory because every central bank has a different regulation. and Uh, You have to abide by each and every central bank regulations, which means your legal fees are massive because you need to understand what are the laws in every single country. Sure. Um, Set up offices, you know, we need compliance officers, financial officers. You can't even have any economies of scale on that. Mm. Yeah. Because every single country needs to have a couple it's own, of yeah. on its own. Um, look it's been absolutely fascinating it's been exciting and uh, one of our major major uh, growth strategies is to go into as many countries as we can mm-hmm. um, and I think we've learned how to do it and we're doing it quite well mm-hmm. okay. um, let's see but it's, it's it's tough and you know yeah. I think one of the biggest barriers to entry is regulation mm-hmm. in the region and and I have to say, we, you know, we're very lucky where we became quite become quite close to the regulators. But it demanded a lot of work and a lot of years of patience and perseverance. Mm. Okay. Um, and I think we come across as a thought leader for the industry. So we've mm-hmm. managed to actually bring out not just, hey, sell, 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 grow, mm. grow, grow. But we've managed to also say, well, how do we build awareness in the community? How do we help regulators figure out how does this work?
1: Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: And what are the kind of regulations we need to put through? Mm. Um, So I think having taken that route of let's try and build the ecosystem versus just try and grow alone has really helped us in in our vision to grow in the region.
1: Okay, awesome. and aside from regulate regulations and things, do you find that acquiring clients in these markets and the adoption rate of customers varies drastically between UAE and Saudi? I mean, Bahrain it's too early, but uh,
2: well, they, they vary massively, right? In Saudi Arabia, ninety percent of the car insurance is third-party liability. Okay. So ten okay. percent is comprehensive, and third party has a two percent commission rate, and th- and comprehensive has a fifteen percent commission rate. Okay. In the UAE, it's completely opposite. Ninety percent is on a fifteen percent commission rate, mm-hmm. okay. and it's comprehensive insurance. So. Even if you go into a different country there is little nuances that you need to think about even from a business model perspective so sure. your the margins strategy. are different your transition strategy is different the kind of segment you go after is different the kind of operations you set up is different from every country and okay. acquisition
0: costs will be But I love that at the same yeah. time because
2: mm-hmm. wherever there is an, a, a problem there's an opportunity right mm-hmm. where there is issues and challenges to perceive
0: mm-hmm. if
2: you can crack them mm-hmm. you're kind of the winner you're kind of the winner in the region so i actually enjoy that it's not that easy to get into the different countries um Mm
0: -hmm. i guess it's barrier it's a barrier for your competition yeah yeah Yeah. as well so uh that's interesting um another thing i wanted to check with you about is um you're a woman in this region a woman startup founder sole founder uh do you feel it's been challenging for you in any way being uh you know a woman entrepreneur in this region or do you think it's just like any other place
2: um, and it has its own nuances of being a woman entrepreneur in the region having said that I think it's more of an advantage than its advantage okay. that's amazing I love that um, <laughs> I, 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 and I truly honestly believe it and I think um, because there is few of us mm-hmm. you get a lot more attention from mm-hmm. the media that you would normally get because a lot of people want to talk about what is it like to be a woman and how different it is and I have two kids which means I've got a family mm-hmm. right. uh, you know how do you kind of handle juggle it all, paddy, yeah. juggle it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and anything that is scarce is known in a certain way so i think that's worked quite well for us and and you know i always say leverage what you've got um, so it's a
0: good pr angle
2: and it's a great pr <laughs> angle um and i think we've done also a good job of hopefully anyway being a bit of a role model of you know you you don't have to be worried, scared scared if, if you've got a dream and you want to achieve it go out and get it done mm. but i'm also a huge believer in freedom of choice versus success is only being the founder and CEO of Mm. a multi-million dollar company. Um, I think from from a women's perspective, it hasn't been as challenging as what I would hear people saying. But then again, Mm -hmm. I'm an expat. Right. I've lived out of home for 18 years. So I think… It's very subjective when you say whether it's been challenging or not. I think probably mm-hmm. someone from a different culture might find it a little bit more difficult, or or someone um, who's got a different background from mm-hmm. me might mm-hmm. find it a bit more difficult because you know those prejudices, mm-hmm. sure. uh, all sorts of things. So I'm speaking from Your I was in my perspective. Yeah. Um, I used to travel to Saudi Arabia. I've been traveling to Saudi Arabia for seven years. And at the beginning, it was harder. Mm-hmm. Just because the society was a bit different. Today, I mean, things have completely changed. Yeah, I go to great. Saudi, apart from wearing the Abaya, it's actually very normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also more comfortable, right, mm-hmm. as yeah. the years go by. So again, yeah. it's a very, very subjective question. Mm-hmm. Um, but on an overall perspective, I, I mean, I have to admit that it's, it's worked quite well for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's great.
1: No, we're hoping that... Uh, like from our listeners uh, a lot of them being women thinking about entrepreneurship I'm hoping that uh, they get excited as well and know that there is a lot of opportunity I mean it takes perseverance we're talking about back in 2008 when the idea was conceived and the business starting kicking off in 2012 it's taken time it's taken I'm sure a lot of hard work and things so um, if people are motivated I think that you know it's yeah. Just, there and is a lot of opportunity.
2: There yeah. is, but I think that, that also the, the, um, the one thought I would probably leave with especially women out there is um, you can have a small business at home. Mm. Yeah. It's really about what success means to you, to you yeah. as a person and what happiness means to you as a person, right? Mm. And, yeah. and, you know, you hear about fundraising and it's exciting. And I had even someone coming to me saying, I have to fundraise. And I said, do you, how much do you need? Well, I don't need money. So why do you want to fundraise because <laughs> because, because it, it seems like fun do, right? seems it's a startup <laughs> success is equal to fundraising yeah mm. and I said no we fundraise because we're losing money mm. um, so if you have a business that's profitable and your meaning of success is it pays me an, an amazing lifestyle every year mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want and I have the flexible hours and mm. it's a profitable business I'm not sure whether the right thing is to try and make it global and then eventually get into fundraising yeah I, you know what I mean? So, it's, so, it's it's it's, 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 it's a, again, it's success is such a personal mm. item in someone's mind. Um, it's always about what is your end game, and I think that's probably the first question I would ask. And what makes
1: you happy? Yeah. So, what is your end game for Sukumar? Oh, I shouldn't have brought that up. That. <laughs> I,
2: I have to hear this. Well, listen, we've got finan- we've got like? financial investors. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally for me I want to see this business as being the number one aggregator in the whole region Mm -hmm. and that's a legacy I want to leave behind Mm -hmm. um we've got financial investors who expect an exit at some point we've got some strategic investors who expect other things so um honestly we're putting our head down and we're just growing as fast as we can Mm -hmm. um as 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 big as we can with the help of the investors and our board so Mm -hmm. my board is almost my co-founder being a sole founder Um, so with the help of everybody around me and my team Absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We just put our head down and I always say, you know, well, the competitor is doing this. And, and I always say, we've got our vision, we've got a plan, we've got targets to hit.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm. Don't get distracted. Put your head down and let's get there.
1: Do the work. Yeah.
0: So um, you said your first round of funding, your Series A, was it just came to you. You were lucky. And okay, it's not that it.
2: easy. But <laughs> what I'm trying to say is it, we uh, were not out there looking for funding at the time. Yeah, you we were approached funding. When, but then, the moment the approach is done, then you still have to convince the person to invest in you. So, we sure. had to do the, the whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. fundraising attitude. Mm-hmm. but but the these interest that came it, from them. interest came from them we were not out there looking sure um,
0: uh that's always the best scenario yeah. if you are looking that was for the first and last time
2: that's also a very rare and scenario. then and then uh, we started looking for it but yeah
0: sure um i've seen your i've seen you pitching uh, yeah. i think we saw you at one of uh, the venture pitch days, souk, uh, venture soup pitch day or yeah. something um but uh, for your next round of funding, how hard was it, and how long did it take compared to what you thought it would take?
2: So we're right in the middle of it now uh, okay we've We've done a first close on okay. this round of funding, and we've got a second close coming up.
0: It's a still part of your series B it's
1: It's a B plus Okay it's a uh, B plus um, all right. Uh, so we've you done raised a first 10 close. million dollars recently? I don't, two and a half years ago oh two and yeah. that was okay yeah. that was two and a half years um so
2: now we've done a first close we're doing a second close soon um it's tough it's not easy and it's not an easy market to raise funding it's it's it honestly takes a lot of time uh, i think we started in november last year okay. okay um it takes a lot of time there's a lot of apprehension in the region mm-hmm. um international investors always questioning the region how stable mm-hmm. it is um especially in the financial services industry mm-hmm. yeah. stuff just because exactly what I told there's new rules and regulations sure. in every region in every single country and a lot of them are not even set yet because mm. they don't really know how to deal with aggregators so um, it is about now you know kind of convincing the investors where we are actually quite close to regulators and therefore we can actually make a change there mm. but I think the other part that that's worked for us um, is we're actually building the business in a very sustainable way Mm -hmm. okay so we don't grow in just burning cash right and hoping for the best um we're very strong in an operational efficiency so we've grown our conversion rates from eight to thirty percent um we've grown our renewal rate from 25 to 80 percent in the Mm. last 12 months so i get the team to focus a lot on let's assume you don't have marketing budgets but mm-hmm. you still need to grow your business how mm-hmm. would you do it okay so it's very lean now. it's a. It, it's more it's not just lean it's more around look at your Word processes. no it's more about look at the processes look at your drop of rates mm-hmm. look at how people are, are closing call customers everyday who haven't closed why did they not close and until you understand why someone hasn't bought mm-hmm. a policy from you you won't understand why they're not closing mm-hmm. so how do you grow your conversion rate well it's great that you bought, but we're more interested in people who didn't buy. Mm. Right. What happened? What went wrong? Were you just shopping around or were, was it too expensive or was the process not good enough? Mm-hmm. And that's how you learn and you get insights that you won't even be able to get from data. Mm. Yeah. Right? By listening to customer calls and by understanding what your customers said yeah. as why did I not close?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Throughout your journey, if there was one mistake that you wanted to highlight to our listeners, what would that be?
2: There are so many of them. I can't even think of one just because there are so many of them and it happens every day. Mm. Uh, But I think a couple of mistakes is, I would say one of them is um, not getting the right people on time early.
0: Okay. Um, Like your team?
2: Earlier, much earlier. So a senior team much, much earlier. Okay, But then again, you say, you know, you're still small, you probably don't have the cash to hire the Mm. kind of caliber we want to hire. Um, But Mm. if I had to redo it again, I would probably look for very solid senior management team much earlier on and
1: okay. okay. try to do it alone some
2: equity yeah you always do right mm-hmm. with management team you have to give an ease um mm-hmm. but probably bring them earlier than, than than later um experience i mean startups very often hire young hungry mm-hmm. and at some point
1: when you realize that you do need people with experience to guide and direct
2: okay. the team of where to go
1: do you think that's also because you're a sole founder that you that the requirement for a senior team is probably early. even more, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. when
2: you're not a, but well, when you're not a sole founder, you've got co-founders, and naturally, you get your management team. Yeah. yeah. So as a sole founder, it was even more important or, for me to mm, actually okay. bring a team inside. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. okay. So, you, so your advice would be for um, startups to try and get that senior management team early, early at yep. like Series A or before. Oh, that? I would
2: say early when you start a business, look for your co-founders before you start, but put your shareholder agreement very properly in place. Mm. Okay. As in, some people will fail. Mm-hmm. Some people will walk out because mm-hmm. until you do it, you don't know what it really is yeah. and so, what it takes.
0: Yeah. So to uh, give um, equity at a, uh, based on number of years. Give, work, yeah. It's invested, And you also yeah. have a term vested, saying yeah. if
2: you have, if you want to leave suddenly, you just don't feel like doing this anymore. What does that mm-hmm. mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, do I, am I, I, I allowed s- to buy your shares back at what valuation? What mm-hmm. is it worth in a year? Who actually decides on the valuation in a year?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen that problem in a few startups and, you know I've experienced that myself where like after a year people tend to lose interest or they can't financially handle it or something happens and now they own like 30 40 percent of your company and what and are you, what going, do to you do? Yeah. going to do and you're gonna
2: be working for the next five years yeah, yeah and
0: then raising money becomes a problem getting investors or other co-founders in becomes an issue so yeah and the
2: other thing as well is remember every round of funding you go to and whatever rights you give it will only get more in the next round so mm. whenever you're closing yeah. around now you Kind of want to think about your next round already.
1: Yeah. yeah. And yep. leave,
2: leave some space to breathe.
1: Yeah, uh, we had the founder of Mr. Draper on, Muhammad, and he said that that was one of his biggest learnings as well, is when you're fundraising to not just think about the current round and how much equity, like always be thinking about your cap table and match it to the traction and to the KPIs that you're going to hit for the next round as well. So Yeah,
0: think a round or two ahead of yeah. your funding so yeah. you don't dilute yourself too much too yeah. early. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, and so I think
2: probably the other um, the other item I would note is it, so a lot of us try. I mean, I, I guess a lot of founders try and always paint a pretty picture.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, um, it's probably better to be honest of where the business is mm-hmm.
0: um, because oh, you eventually mean like they're dil- uh, deluding themselves.
2: No, so it's no, no. Actually, it's the either analysis. during fundraise. Mm-hmm. you paint a great picture of the company um and you get the attention and you attract investors.
0: Okay.
2: Having said that though, remember that investors always, will always do due diligence on yeah, you. So yeah. So and it ra- they'd rather know early yeah. than because then your reputation becomes a problem and the trust in the founders mm. become a problem if what you sold Mm-hmm. On this investment deck is not the same what, what they see after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as much as you want to, you know, yes, we all salespeople, we all try and spin a nice story to the business, mm-hmm. but it has to hold mm. based on the numbers. At the end of the day, your, your piano will will, yeah. will hold. Yeah. The other thing about trust and honesty and transparency that I found worked really well for us is with the board. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spend, you know, we have quarterly board meetings, but I spend probably a couple of slides on hey, this is great, we've grown. And then I go to all the challenges we're facing. Because mm-hmm. having your board on your side the whole time when things go wrong and they knew about it and they mm-hmm. can see it coming, you will always have them supporting you. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a surprise falling off the sky after four months. Mm-hmm. Right. How did I not know that? You've been painting a great picture of how the company is doing. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly this whole thing falls apart. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and the support you get from your board, use the board as much as you possibly can as mm. co-founders mm. Mm. and i think the more you position yourself to your board that way the more supportive mm-hmm. your board will be towards mm-hmm. you it's a give and take relationship
0: yeah mm. i'm experiencing something like that right now so asking
2: for help is not a bad thing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and we're, uh, not, we're not superheroes <laughs> yeah. I think and we all need help
0: i yeah. think one of the the good things about Uh, raising money or getting other people who are vested in your company uh, either in the terms of of equity or however it might be is that group of your board which which you can you know sound off ideas or because you know it's so hard to to manage that by yourself I think like um, you know to uh, sometimes you need a helping hand especially when when you're having problems
1: yeah and I think it's very interesting to talk about like okay these are the potential things that could become a problem. These are the challenges we are facing. Because, I mean, running a business is challenging anyway. And there will be a lot of things that would come up that you're not prepared for. But if your board feels like they're your ally and they're vested in your business, they're probably more likely to help and, you know, be able... Well, also being aware of challenges and potential risks to your business is... Seen, seeing things from... Well, yeah, it sh-
2: also shows you on top of the business. Yeah. yeah. And you don't yeah. have issues just falling from the sky without having you having seen it at all coming through. Yeah,
1: now. yeah. So, uh, how, how how many members are there in your board? Is this part of the people that... You said you have some strategic investors yeah. and some... So, we've got How five, does that work? We have five um, board mm-hmm. uh, members and I've got a
2: few um, observable seats as well.
1: Okay, okay. Cool. cool. What so does that abs- mean? And so the observer who, seats, know, no. the
2: observer seats are investors, okay, um, and who are there as observers to the board. Okay, um, so they so don't they participate come, they in participate voting at the board, but they come to the board meetings and listen to what's going on. If they can help, they get the support.
1: Okay, okay. They don't have voting but, but rights, but no governance,
2: no voting rights, no voting
1: rights. Yeah. No. but, but I have to
2: say, one of my most active board members, funny, is not is an observer. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's very active into the business. We talk probably once a week.
1: That's amazing. um, And go through the different challenges. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Um, What advice would you give to people looking into uh, starting their own business? Uh, I mean, we spoke about some of the mistakes that you've learned from, uh, but aside from that, what do you think uh, people need to? So I think, as I said earlier
2: on, right? I think you need to think through properly before you get into it. Um, What is your goal?
1: Mm-hmm. What do you want to get
2: to? What mm-hmm. is what is your thing? Is it a lifestyle or is it I want to have the number one global company um, that does X, Y, Z, or mm-hmm. I actually just want to keep myself occupied? Mm-hmm. There's a different reason people start businesses or this is how I put food on the table. Mm-hmm. How you run the business is differently. What's important is different. The KPIs are different. Who you bring on board is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And fundraising may or may not apply. Yeah. Mm. So I think the first thing you do is what are you trying to achieve, mm. and once you know what you're trying to achieve, then you go okay. Well, if it is a lifestyle business, profitability needs to be your prop- your your, your your mantra almost right yeah. it's like what you need to go after. Yeah. If it's setting up the biggest e-commerce company and and growing it at fifty percent month on month, then you might want to start thinking about I'll need VC funding to make this happen. Yeah and very quickly. Yeah. Um hopefully to become profitable one day. Yeah. We haven't really seen that yet, but <laughs> yeah. but soon. Um, soon. Yeah. Um so I think that's the advice is really think through properly what you're getting yourself into. Then if you're tr- if you're getting yourself with other friends and family be aware of it. You mm. know, um, they always say when people, everything's going well, people are nice and the personalities mm. come out when things are going wrong. Mm. Um, you sign a shareholder agreement, this goes into the drawer. We only take that shareholder agreement when, when things there's a problem. Wrong. Yeah, wrong. Yeah. So you better make sure that when things go wrong and assume that the way people react to you when things are, go- are good is not going to be the same.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Everybody starts talking out for themselves so make sure that when you're in good terms, you agree on how are you going to deal with it if the whole thing breaks up?
1: Yeah, you prepare contingencies for when things go south. Yeah. Which most often the they do. So. Most often they do more yeah. than they don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. So
2: always have that into
1: place. Mm. I think a lot of uh, people think that having a lifestyle business is just not as cool as having a startup that's you know fundraising and things.
2: If you but get to go on a holiday two months a year yeah, and but- pay yourself... Business class tickets wherever you want to go. I mean, I don't You're doing pretty well. well,
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It can be super stressful when you raise money. To raise money. Once you raise money. To perform on that money. Mm. There's a lot of stress involved. Yeah. To be
1: answerable to those KPIs and things. So, yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks a lot for being on the show. You're absolutely welcome. And thank you for having me. No, oh, yeah. It was it was a very insightful conversation. And, um, you know, we're very excited. I mean, uh, Amreen is one of the top 50 most influential women in the <laughs> Arab world from Arabian business. So I think we need a lot more women entrepreneurs as well. So thank you for paving the way for that. You're welcome. Cool.
0: All right, guys, so um, you can go check out Sukal Mal. We la- leave their link in the description. You can go check them out in case you need any kind of financial services. They're available in Dubai, in Saudi Arabia, and very recently in Bahrain as well. Um, 15th of August yeah 15th of august is going to be in bahrain as well so you guys can go check out the website and see their amazing user experience which i was talking about uh this podcast is available on all the podcast platforms so make sure you subscribe we're available on youtube as well so if you want to watch the video version of this podcast you can go check it out on youtube you can just search for it it's startup hustle middle east everywhere you can reach out to us on all the social so you can reach You can reach out to us on all the social media platforms at Startup Hustle M E. And uh, please leave us a review. It really helps us out.
1: Keep on hustling.